Welcome one, welcome all to the Young Dad Podcast. Wherever you are, however you are listening, thank you. I'm your host, Jay, and not with me today is my lovely co-host, A.A. Ron. His spidey senses are always tingling when dinner is almost ready, but he is not with us today. It's Friday, February 3rd, 2023. I can't believe we're already done with January and we're almost to Valentine's Day. Joining me today on the show is a man who has never stopped dreaming and wanted to be an astronaut when he grew up, Michael. Michael, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people and tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, hey Jay, um, I appreciate you having me on, uh, first of all, of course. And, um, you know, it's Groundhog Day, you mentioned February, so six more weeks of winter here in Pittsburgh. Um, and Puxitani's not too far away, but I, I haven't gotten to go uh, to see the, the little, uh, well, some people here call him a little rat, but I, I love uh, I love Puxitani uh, <laughs> Phil. So um, I am uh, just to give the audience a little bit of, of background. I'm I guess primarily a writer. I mean, I grew up like you said, uh, wanting to be an astronaut, and I realized very quickly that I didn't even like to fly in a plane. <laughs> so I figure. Going up in the shuttle at the time, the space shuttle, um, probably wasn't going to happen. Um, so, you know, I, I went in other directions. Um, I, you know, found some other creative outlets for me, you know, being a writer, um, editor, and, and designer. Um, yeah, I've, I grew up in Florida, so that, you know, was part of, I guess, my, my dream to become an astronaut. I was only a couple hours from the Cape. Um, actually went to Cape Canaveral um, two weeks before the first space shuttle launch. So 1981, uh, I saw Columbia on the pad uh, getting ready to blast off for the first launch ever of the space shuttle. And ironically, and I will, maybe we'll get more into this, um, and sadly, actually was working for NASA when Columbia broke up over Texas and actually yesterday was the 20th anniversary of that, February 1st, 2003, that happened. Um, so that's a little bit about me. All right. Thank you for introducing yourself to the people here. Today on the show, in usual guest fashion, we have a two-way debate. Michael's going to take us on his dad journey, and we're going to end after his um, telling us a little bit about his journey. So go ahead and pull up a chair, grab a snack, grab a juice box, and let's talk. The new year brings new opportunities to better yourself, to create that healthy diet you want to create, but yet some diets, they just seem so bland, and they're boring, and they're not exciting. Well, what if I told you there was a seasoning, low sodium, zero MSG, no no crap, no garbage, only all natural ingredients that is delicious and packed full of flavors that comes in four different options. Yes, I'm telling you about Dano's Seasoning. Head over to danoseasoning.com or available at your local Kroger in the original and spicy. You can find the Everything Bagel and the Hot Chipotle on the website as well. Head over to danoseasoning.com. When you got all the goodies in your basket, use the code BALLBOY. 
at checkout to save yourself some money and to add some delicious flavor to everything you cook this year to help take your diet to the next level. Big thank you to our live in-studio audience. You guys are fantastic. We appreciate you. We're going to jump into our two-way debate. We have three questions plus a surprise fourth for Michael that I'm not sure if he knows about or not, but it's a right of passage question when we get there. The first question today is, which is a better dessert, cake or ice cream? Uh, cake. To, I'm going to go ice do I, cream. Do I need to explain that? <laughs> I mean... If you would, because, I don't know, I feel ice cream's a little bit superior here. I mean, I love ice cream. Um, it doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm a little a little lactose intolerant, so I, I kind of stay away from ice cream a little bit. But uh, also, you know, it melts, so if you don't get to it right away, uh, I figure cake, you know, uh, lasts longer. And, you know, when I was a kid, uh, chocolate cake, that was just my thing. So I'm kind of going back to that kid, kid phase. Uh, but I do, I do. That makes sense. So these are always, you know, these are hard questions, but I'm going to go with cake for now. But if you leave cake out too long, it does get hard. It does start to get hard from all the air. Well, that's why I eat it right away. <laughs> that's fair. That's, yeah, that's, that's the best way to eat it. That's why you eat it first. Um, a good before, cheesecake. <laughs> before dinner or, or whatever meal you're having, you eat the cake first. That's, that's the thing to do. Very true. Very true. I like a good cheesecake, but I'm going to go with ice cream. There's just so many options, and I like ice cream. Ice cream's just what I'd much rather go with. Um, I wouldn't say it's better, but I would say it's more of a preference thing. I've never really liked cake. I always asked for birthdays for like ice cream cakes or cheesecakes or something like that growing up. So yeah, how do you feel about that? Kind of, that's how I still am. How do you feel about the cookie cake? Cookie cakes are delicious. Oh, there you go. Because they're just a cookie. <laughs> exactly. It's a big, big cookie. Chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, I'll take it, 100%. Um, next one here, would you rather be really big or really small? Um, I would say really big. I would say really big. And when I say that, I, I, would, I would say tall. I mean, I'm, I'm 5'11", but I would feel like, I would just like, you know, maybe 6'3 would be nice. Uh, or, you know, if, I, if you're talking into the sky big, um, and that would probably help getting around, you know? That's true. That's true. I would go really small because I just feel like – I'm not trying to be opposite on you on purpose, <laughs> but I'm, like, thinking about it. That and great. If I was really – if I would be really big, I feel like I would just get in the way a lot. Like, I'd be trying to move and make myself small. Like, I'm already six feet tall, so, like, I'm already trying to, like, squeeze sometimes or make myself small or something like that. And it doesn't really work. And so if I'm any bigger, I'm either A in the NBA or B, I'm a freak. But if I'm really small, then no one really sees me. And they're just kind of baffled at how did that just happen? Where did this awesome worksheet just come from or something like that? And they're just really confused. Yeah, be, um, yeah. So I'd much rather be like really you're small. So like Ant-Man. You're, you're going for Ant-Man. Definitely. I would love to be Ant-Man. Okay. That would be fun. All right, the last one here, well, second to last one, and this is just kind of a statement question, is flying is the best superpower? Um, 
I'm going to go no. I, 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 yeah, I almost said yes. I'm going to go no, though. I'm going to go no just because, I mean, getting around obviously would be fantastic. I'm going to go no just because I think, actually, to your point, being invisible, you know, to, to be smaller, so to be invisible was might be the, the best superpower. So I'm going to agree with you on this one for one for three here. But my best superpower in my mind is Doctor Strange and how he has like control over like time and space. True, yeah. And how you can like basically time travel and like go from one place to another in an instant, like open portals and stuff. Like to me, that's like the best superpower. I don't know why. I've always, always thought Doctor Strange, that's like, that's the best superpower. Because you can do anything. You can always go back in time if you messed up or if you failed a test. You can see what you got wrong, go back, pass it the second time. Like, you can definitely use it to benefit yourself. Maybe not legally, <laughs> but you could win a lot of lotteries. Yeah, you could do the uh, Back to the Future, you know, the sports almanac, you know, uh, exactly. situation. But no, I, I, I like that, especially because I work for NASA. So, you know, I, I do like physics. And then. Uh, you know, maybe in a couple hundred years or whatever, you know, we'll, maybe that won't be a superpower. Everybody will just be able to do it. See, I'd be down for that. I'd be so down for that because I would, I would just, I'd be all over it. Quick little time travel. Um, and I would say another superpower over flying is the Flash's speed. Because I feel like the Flash's speed is faster than flying. Flash's speed. What if you run into something? Do you have a GPS with that? No, but you have like split second like ability to like make a change in direction. Oh, okay. I feel so like with flying, because you're, cause you're on your feet, you can turn real quick and avoid whatever it is. You can see it coming. But I feel like with flying, you have to take like wider turns and slow down a little bit to get around a corner or whatnot. You're not as agile as you are on your feet. Yeah, I mean, I you know, Superman he does it pretty well, but um, but yeah, definitely. If you said I had to fly like a jet, then that would be tougher. Yeah, no, I can't do that. So yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> a lot slower. I feel like flying's just slower. Like yeah, in theory, it sounds great, but in reality, there's much better superpowers out there. Yeah, six hundred miles an hour. That's you know, forget about it. Yeah, but if I could run that fast. Or faster, then that'd be even better. Well, that would ha- that and would I'm help. I'm like super fit. <laughs> that would help. I mean, that would help with me picking up my daughter and taking her to dance and things like that. Um, although I don't know how I, I guess I could carry her. If I'm if I'm that fast, maybe I'm a little stronger too. I don't know. I think you would be. I think you would have to be for your body to like withstand it. Yeah, because yeah, the knees. You have to be, you know, at least the knees. Yeah, I feel like that one kind of cuts out after a while, but unless it like keeps up with like your aging and whatnot, then I don't know. It should work out. It should work out. No, I'm 52 now, so you know, I know about the knees. Yeah. No, I'm I'm 28 and I'm I'm feeling it. It's it's a quick onset um, over here. All right, your last question here, and this is a rite of passage question. Since our last guest, Eric the Peanut Guy. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, the current score for this question sits at four to two to one. So four yes, two no. 
uh, wait, no, four no, two yes, one tie. The question is, does pineapple belong on pizza? No, <laughs> absolutely not. I am uh, my father's side of the family. We're all Italian, so um, it's a travesty. I have I have never tried it. It might taste good, but it doesn't belong there. Um, so, yeah, absolutely not. Big no from me. <laughs> I like it. All right, so that's going to make the score for all of you guys keeping track at home, 5-2-1. to two to one. So the current only two in that category are Aaron and Eric's wife, Carissa. And then the current tie for the question is Eric because he didn't want to start something there. So I understand. I get it. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back, and Michael's going to take the floor for us. New year, new you, new water bottle. The coldest water water bottles are fully in stock with new colors, new selections, and amazing options to hydrate you all year long. A 46-ounce wood-finished tumbler is absolutely beautiful. I got one of these. I love it. My kids, I got them some of their newer colors, the 18-ounce. Since they're getting older, they're getting bigger. The 12-ounce just doesn't do them for it anymore. Now we're into the 18-ounces. We got the tie-dye one. They have the brand-new blue reflections as of the beginning of the year. It is absolutely phenomenal. Head over to thecoldest.com. When you get all the goodies into your cart for amazing hydration or custom dog bowls, pillows, blankets, whatever it is, Use the code BALLBOY10 at checkout. That's B-A-L-L-B-O-Y-1-0. Use that code at checkout. Again, that's B-A-L-L-B-O-Y-1-0 at checkout. Save yourself 10% and support your favorite podcast. All right, huge thank you to our live studio audience once again. All right, Michael, so we met a couple of years ago, um, right during COVID, actually. And I don't remember exactly how we crossed paths, but we did. But I'm glad we did. When we met, if I remember correctly, you ran Authenticity Mags, which was, again, it was during COVID. I remember my submitting my first couple of pieces for that website, and I was terrified. Um, that was the first time I had ever put my writing out there into the world or anything like that. Um, however, when we talked about baseball, we got to know each other a little bit better. I was like, this guy, he created authentic authenticity mags and he is authentic. So Michael, tell us a little bit about your, about you, your family and a bit about your journey to becoming a dad. Yeah. Well, I'm glad our paths, uh, crossed as well. It's you know, you're a fantastic uh, writer. You know a hell of a lot about sports. Um, you know, so I obviously appreciate that, and and I appreciate the applause. It's like the most applause I think I've gotten since my high school graduation. So, um, <laughs> same. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, COVID was was rough. Um, it was good too, and I, I'll obviously backtrack to my daughter. But I, you know, I actually got to spend a lot of time more time with my daughter 
um, because that, she was obviously home and we were doing uh, remote learning, and so um, it was nice. It was nice in that way. Um, you know, and I have a full-time job, but I'm always, you know, dreaming and thinking and, and wanting to do other things. Uh, we mentioned, you know, wanting to be an astronaut um, when I was a kid. Uh, you know, and I did work for NASA, and uh, you know, it's it's been an interesting journey. It's been really fun. Um, you know, for me during COVID, I was like, you know, gosh, I've always wanted to have a magazine, and I thought, you know, I always thought about it being in print, and then I thought, well, you know, I could do it online now. So, you know, started AuthenticityMags.com, um, you know, a couple of years ago. Like you said, we had some tremendous contributors. You know, content is king, and so we were able to to function for about eight months. You know, not paying writers, and I, and I hate that because as a writer, um, and and just as a person in general, right? I mean, the time is is precious, and you know, I I feel like you should be paid. You know, for things that you do, especially as a professional, especially if you're working for, um, you know, a, a publication. So I was very happy that you know to have you on board and, and so many others that helped you know really lift that that magazine that online publication up. Um, at the moment, I'm trying to kind of get it back. It's not um, it's not up and running at the moment. But a little bit more about me, just to back up. Um, you know, I, I started as a writer uh, in the business. I started actually writing in third grade, and kind of you know teachers and my mom and others were like, you know, you kind of have a talent at this. And, and I didn't really, you know, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do uh, once I realized I couldn't be an astronaut um, because, you know, I'm, uh, you, you know, and scared to even get in a plane sometimes. So, um, you know, I, you know, I found some creative outlets in writing. You know, was certainly the first one. Um, written screenplays and different plays. Actually, next month I have a play being produced here in Pittsburgh. Um, with the Indiana uh, players in Indiana, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour from here in Pittsburgh, and um, you know, it's uh, so it's been just a great creative journey for me. You know, I've been a, a graphic designer, and um, you know, I, like I said, a, an editor. But for me, it's just it's trying to do as many things as you know I feel like I love, you know, and I'm just going for it because life is so short. You know, it's so short. And, um, you know, I've, I've even gone to culinary school. Uh, you know, I was a photographer, professional photographer for a while. So I, I think the the thing to take away is, you know, you said you were really fearful. And um, I, I get that. I mean, I'm kind of fearful every day in some way, you know, but you, <laughs> you kind of kind of push through. Um, you know, this is the first podcast I've ever done. So, you know, there's actually a little bit of nerves even doing that. So, um even though I know you and, and love the show. Um, but, you know, you, you push through and you realize, you know, things are not as scary. And I, I love that you, you know, that you, you did that and um, got yourself out there. I think that's, I think that's probably the key, you know. And maybe maybe it's the key to life in some sense. You know, if you, if you have kids or you, maybe you can't have kids or you don't want kids, maybe it's, you know, um, let me try and, you know, do what I really want to do, um, you know, because, because, you know, life is short, you know, time is limited very, very much. So we don't, we don't have the, uh, the Dr. Strange time, you know, time warp yet. So <laughs> we don't, 
I wish we did sometimes. And I, I agree with you so much there. Like if I would have never, you know, our paths never crossed, I probably would have never started, you know, ball boy blog, which is now turned into ball boy media LLC, which has turned into just, just so much fun and such a great creative outlet for myself and for my brother now for this podcast and the other podcasts I have and the blog itself, like it has turned into so much more than I could have ever imagined. But I feel that kind of what you were saying is almost along the lines is we think we're sometimes we're held by these chains, right? These big, heavy metal steel chains, right? And they're holding us back and we're never going to break them. But when we're ready to take that step, we look down and we realize these chains are really just rusted pieces of junk that all I need to do is take one little tiny step with half of my leg strength and these chains are broken and I'm, I'm free. I'm moving forward to my direction. I want to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I love that analogy. And I, you know, I, I, when I was, um, you know, we talked about the astronaut, you know, and, and NASA and things like that. You know, it, I think if you have, I think if you have a dream, and this probably goes to, you know, vision boards and maybe the secret a little bit. But um, I think if it's really something you want, it will happen. It may not happen right away. Um, I applied to NASA when we, you know, we really didn't have computers. <laughs> uh, I wrote a letter. I, I, I actually looked in, like, I believe it was even a phone book <laughs> in no way. See, the year was, um, it was, I was just out of undergrad, so it was 1992, going into 1993, and somehow I found who I thought was the director of PR for NASA, and I literally, literally wrote a letter, or typed a letter, um, actually, on a typewriter, not on a computer, and, you know, mailed that off. I said, hey, I want a job, and, you know, I'm just out of college, and I'm a communications grad, and this is what I do, et cetera, and I've always wanted to be an astronaut, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, the letter, this is, like I said, about 1992-93, the letter came back as undeliverable. So I was, you know, of course, devastated um, and really didn't think about the NASA dream for a long, long time. So fast forward uh, literally 10 years, so 2002, so 1992 to 2002. I'm in a job I'm not real happy about. I'm living in Tallahassee, Florida, um, where I went to, to college. I went to Florida State, and I kind of stayed there for like 14 years, and it was home for a long time. But um, a lot of people were leaving. It just seemed like a good transitional time for me. And... Um, I just got on the NASA website. You know, at that point now we have websites, right? And now we have the internet and NASA.org. And I applied for a writer-editor position. Uh, it was like February of 2002. Again, didn't think anything of it. Kind of forgot about it. Five months later, I get a call from NASA headquarters. Um, and I remembered. It was, it was Bridget Fenner and from NASA headquarters. She left me a voicemail. They wanted to set up a phone interview. I had a phone interview, I think it was even the next day. It was really fast at that point. So after five months, um, it was really quick because then they were like, we want to fly you in. Uh, and this was Washington, D.C. So uh, I know there are a lot of That's crazy. facilities around the country, but I actually work for NASA headquarters in, in D.C. So uh flew me in, and I was literally 
at the airport. It was just a one-day trip from Tallahassee to D.C. Flew up in the morning, had my interview, flying back that night, and I'm literally in the airport getting the call and the job offer. And within, you know, a month, I'm basically moving from Tallahassee to Washington, D.C., where I actually had always wanted to live. Um, honestly, I'd, I'd taken a safety patrol trip there in fifth grade and, and loved it. And um, so, you know, within a month, like, my life was completely different. I was working for NASA, working for my dream, uh, dream job, and, you know, it's just like it happened. You know, even though, you know, I thought about it as a kid, obviously it wasn't going to happen as an, as an astronaut, um, thought about it in 1992, didn't happen, um, happened in 2002. So I firmly believe, you know, point being firmly believe that, you know, if you really, really want it, um, but you have to really want it because if you if you you kind of on the fence or you hem and haw about it, you're not going to get it. You know, if you're kind of like, I think I want to do this, I may want to be a chef. I don't know. I don't know if I really want to go to funny school or not. You know, it's not gonna it's not gonna work out in your favor probably, or it's not going to happen. So you really do have to want it. But if you do, if you have it in your heart and you want it, I I, I firmly believe it'll happen. I wouldn't 100% agree with that. You know, if you don't if you don't want it, then you're not going to be committed to it. If there's anything that you want in life in general, um, you have to be committed to it, and you have to set your life to set up the proper steps to get you to that point, to your end goal. It's all about setting up yourself for success later. I mean, Grant, like you just said, it didn't happen in 1992, but it happened in 2002 when you were least inspecting it. You know, when you just you wrote you applied again online and then it took another five months. You had forgot. You were living life, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and didn't think anything of it. Just kind of went with it, lived life, and just kind of went went with it. And then it happened. You know, some of the best things in life always happen when we're least suspecting it, I believe. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of uh, attribute it, I guess, to chance. And in some ways it is, and it certainly feels that way. But if you plant the seed, um, you know, and it's it's always in your, at least in the back of your mind somehow, then, you know, it will happen. Um, you know, I, I, you know, maybe moving into, you know, my, my life as a dad, I mean, I always wanted a little girl, and I always just wanted one child, and that's what I have. I have one beautiful little girl, and I just dropped her off at dance, actually, and she had a dance competition this weekend, and you know, that's, you know, uh, so again, that's just another example um, of life kind of working out the way that you want it to. And then, you know, sometimes obviously there's there's those in-betweens of how do I really get there? And you get off track or you think you're off track, but maybe you're really not. It's just a way to get to the place that you you really want to go. So Most definitely. And it all just kind of happens, you know, it all kind of comes how it's supposed to come, you know, and when it's supposed to happen. You know, sometimes it doesn't happen on our timeline, but it happens on a timeline that actually ends up better for us. So, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, my, I, was, a, I was a first-time dad and only-time dad at 40. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah, so that's, that's actually what I was just about to ask you. Yeah. So you, when we were talking a while back, you said that you had your daughter when you were 40, which was the same age that your dad was when you were born. Uh-huh. Yeah. Aaron and I both had our first kids when we were 
less than, well, we were about half that age. I was, let me see, 2017. I was 22. Um, he would have been about 20 when his first daughter was born. Uh, for you in your life, so that's that's a big difference. I mean, that's a lot of life lived versus not a lot of life lived. For you in your life, for you personally, what has been the benefits of having a child at, at 40? Well, gosh, I mean, you um, you certainly appreciate it more. Um, you know, I... You know, my my dad died when I was nine, um, and you know he had me late in life. Uh, I was kind of a whoops, <laughs> but you know, I, I guess I was I was a good happy whoops. And um, but uh, you know he died uh, at fifty, so you know ten years later he had me at forty, and um, you know I was nine, just about to turn ten when he when he passed away. So. So having it, it was an interesting parallel for me, you know, um, to have had opportunities earlier in life, been married, and all those kinds of things, but didn't work out. And um, so, and and it was it's such again by chance because I was living in Colorado at the time. I was single. I had an, I had a choice actually. I had a, an opportunity as a writer to go get my master's degree in Flagstaff, Arizona, a full ride to Northern Arizona University. Uh, Love it. I'm actually from, that's where I lived um, before moving up here to Washington was Flagstaff. So. Oh, really? I didn't did know that, I don't think. Or maybe I forgot, but yeah, I love Flagstaff. Um, yeah, beautiful. It's gorgeous. And, um, you know, it's pretty pricey. I mean, I, you know, that's one of the reasons why I think I chose, you know, well, let me go back to the, the options. So it was Flagstaff or Roanoke, Virginia. Um, and I had been, you know, on the East Coast uh, before I had moved to Colorado. Obviously, like I, like I said, grew up in Florida and moved to Washington, D.C. to work for NASA. Um, eventually, you know, travels took me away from NASA and into other jobs at universities and things, and that's why I was out in Colorado. But, I, you know, I was trying to make a decision, you know, go to NAU and with a full ride or go to uh, another low residency program where I could still work, uh, move back east to uh, Roanoke, Virginia. And, you know, I ended up giving up the full ride to NAU and, and living in a dream place for me too in Flagstaff to move to a place I knew nothing about. <laughs> um, I lived in Virginia, but it was Arlington. And, and Alexandria, and you know, so that's really Washington D.C., right? So, uh, Roanoke, Virginia, I, I didn't know at all. Um, but that's, you know, within months of of moving there, uh, got a job. Um, ironically, well, you know, met uh, my daughter's mom, or who would become my daughter's mom. Uh, we started dating, and she, we had Maddie within a month of us dating. She was pregnant. And the other irony here is that, um, and just by chance, right, uh, the the job that I got in Roanoke, she also had applied for because <laughs> we're both in communications and marketing. Um, yeah. Had she gotten the job, we never would have met. I got the job. She didn't, and of course was, you know, I'm sure – before she met me and knew me, was, you know, pissed or whatever about it. 
really wanted a job, but you know that's actually how we met was through a friend who um you know I met through that job um in Roanoke and so you know just this this whole chain of of chance events but the the beginning of it was me as a kid even you know or at least in high school wanting to have a child someday and wanting to have one and wanting to have a girl and here I am you know at at you know 39 40 you know moving back east starting kind of starting over getting a job and then you know meeting a woman who I had no clue you know, I would know and, and date for, for 10 years. And obviously she, you know, still Maddie's mom in the picture and all that. And, uh, Maddie actually lives, my daughter, you know, lives with her mom full time. So, um, and we're here in Pittsburgh and just dropped Maddie off at dance. I may have mentioned that earlier, but, um, yeah, it just took a crazy what, turn of, of, of events to get to that point, right? Just that road. Uh, and you think you're on the wrong path, but here you are. Um, with really what is your probably life's goal, which is, you know, to have my daughter and to live life, you know, and do the things that I, I enjoy as long as I can do them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, you know, it's just kind of going back to the, I guess, the origin of our conversation. Most definitely. No, I love that. And all of this kind of, it all just kind of comes full circle, you know, it comes full circle when you least suspect it and, you know, if it's something that you really want and it's always a desire of yours and that's what you're constantly putting out and thinking about, then it'll happen someday. Maybe not right away when you think you want it, but it'll happen when it's supposed to so that it's right for you in that part of your life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all the places I've ever wanted to live in my life, I've I've lived, you know, Washington, Colorado, um, you know, all of the the jobs and things that I kind of dreamed that I would do, I've done. Um, you know, aside from maybe publishing a book, uh, you know, having a screenplay, you know, made into a movie, things like that, um, you know, it haven't happened yet. But, you know, I had a, I've always wanted to go to Wimbledon now, I've been twice, finally got to go there for the first time in 2019, right before COVID, uh, and then went there last nice. summer as well, so. So, you know, I think, you know, these big, big ideas and big dreams we have, you know, um, yeah, you just got to give it time. I mean, I, um, I've been playing tennis and coaching tennis and, and, um, dreaming about Wimbledon, you know, since I was like 10 years old. Um, you know, but it took me until 2019 when I was 39 to actually get there. No, definitely. I get that because I'm, I'm the same way but with baseball. You know, one thing I've always wanted to do since I was a teenager even is to see every Major League Baseball part and to go to a game at every single Major League Baseball part. And now having kids makes it a little bit harder, but, you know, we're starting small. We're starting with Minor League Baseball. We're going to go to five different parks this summer and see some collegiate wood bat baseball as well and some different parts around uh, local teams and whatnot. So, we have a lot of baseball on the schedule for the summer and, you know, it's just, it's awesome to be able to share that with my kids. And something I've always wanted to do was travel, see baseball, experience different cities, enjoy it. And it's, it's so much fun. So That's fantastic. it all comes around how it's supposed to come. Yeah. Around. Yeah. We'll come to Pittsburgh. Fancy park. It's amazing. Beautiful. Um, it's on the list. It's on the list. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a lot like, uh, it reminds me of course field. So if you've ever been to, to Denver, um, it's got kind of that, 
It's on the list. That feel um, and fan base where, you know, they just want to go out and watch baseball and have fun. They're, uh, unfortunately, that's why they don't have great teams. <laughs> um, or, you know, they have every 20 years maybe. Um, because, you know, they're gonna, the ownership, you know, they're going to make money anyway. Uh, they know that. So mm-hmm. it, it gets a little, a little tough. But, um, but, you know, it's always fun to go to the game. And, and they're just gorgeous stadiums. So. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So, uh, there's a couple more questions here um, before I before we wrap up here. So, what advice would you give to a new father who's in his early 20s compared to a new dad who's in his late 30s, early 40s? So, taking you know, assume like the age gap when I had my first kid and when you had yours, what you know kind of advice would you give that dad now versus a dad who's also so? What kind of advice would you give an early 20s dad? And what kind of advice would you give another early 40s dad? Yeah. Um, First time. Gosh, uh, I think it's, it would be different advice. Um, I will definitely say, well, no matter what age, um, there's always a stage. <laughs> so don't think that you're ever off the hook, so to speak. <laughs> you know, um you you go from um, the not sleeping stage to the potty training stage, um, or you know if you if you've got the terrible twos, maybe you you know, um, which is a complete misnomer. That maybe that's the advice I would I would give a younger a younger dad, a younger first time dad. Um, these things don't really happen. Uh, kind of like our conversation, right? I mean, <laughs> there's not really the terrible twos, it could be the terrible ones. It could be the terrible threes, fours, yeah. and fives. So, yeah. <laughs> so, well, I call the threes, four, and the five the early teens. Yeah. I mean, my daughter from that age. The pre pre teens. Was already, yeah, was already kind of acting like a teenager. Um, oh, my goodness. I I get it. I fully sympathize there. We were. We had a three nager, then we had a four nager, then we had a five nager. <laughs> so, I still have a five nager. So, you know, I th- yeah, I think you know when you're young, don't don't give up. You, you know your dreams per se. Obviously, you have to, in some way, um, be there for your child. And some of your dreams may mm-hmm. fall to the side or or fall away for a little while. But like like I've said, eventually they will happen. Um, you know, so it might be a little more difficult for a younger a father to do the things that I did, you know, traveling the country, you know, going across country in, in, you know, by myself and um, moving around to different jobs and things like that obviously couldn't have happened when I, I had Maddie, you know, because if it's like now, you know, I can't just pick up and, you know, take a job and, you know, overseas or wherever it may be, you know, my, I'm not going to leave mm-hmm. my daughter. You know, I, I want to see her every day that I can. Um yeah, definitely. And so, you know, Pittsburgh is home, you know, until she decides it's not. Like, you know, if, if she, you know, graduates high school or, you know, if she's in, in dance and actually gets uh, into, which we're hoping, you know, gets into a dance troupe, uh, dance company somewhere. It could be anywhere in the world, really. Um, mm-hmm. You know, then there's that opportunity to say, okay, you know, maybe we can go 
live, you know, overseas with her or wherever she is, you know. So don't, I think as a younger mm-hmm. dad, um, first time dad, you know, certainly don't, don't lose hope, you know, cause, you know, you're, you're not sleeping. <laughs> you may not be eight, yeah. eating at the times you want to eat <laughs> or the things you want to mm-hmm. eat. Um, you know, financially, you might not have the means to do some of the, the travel you want to do, but like you said, right, we're going to see some minor league games where maybe I can't get to Pittsburgh this year, you know, I can't, you know, take a trip. I mean, once, you know, once a, I think a child is over two or three, it's like a normal fare, which is crazy to me, but obviously they have to see. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these little uh, logistical things, I think, for, for a younger couple that they may not know that, you know, it's like, okay, it's going to cost us, wait, what, $1,500 to go to to go to Pittsburgh, and that's just the plane. So, um, so I think, you know, it's just, uh, keeping the faith that you're, you know, you're going to do those things if you want and to involve, you know, obviously whether it's a girl or boy and involve them in, um, you know, your loves, you know, they may not become, uh, their loves, but at least you're spending time with them. I mean, I, like I said, tennis, you know, I tried to, you know, I didn't want, I didn't want to do that to Maddie, like, and say, okay, you're going to play tennis because I played tennis growing up, but we tried to play tennis a little bit and I, it just didn't seem like her thing. And she started dancing one day in the house, and we're like, you know, where the heck did this come from? And so we put her in, you know, some classes, and here she is winning awards all over, you know, all over the state. And uh, and we're going to nationals actually in April uh, for a competition down in Tampa. So, um, so that that's, was, that's my advice. Yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely attest to that. You know, your daughter is an amazing dancer. I uh, see the videos you post of her. I appreciate. I've seen them for a couple of years now, and she is simply incredible. I appreciate it. Um, I think as an older dad, just real quick, you know, I don't, I don't want to be, you know, I know we're unconscious of the time here, but I guess as an older dad, um, you know, it's 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 some of the same, um, but it's also, you know, don't never. I think I would what I would say is never stop learning because um, as you get older, I mean, even if you don't have kids, even if you listen to this, and maybe you're about to have a child or, you know, maybe you've lost a child, you know, God bless you, but I, I, you know, whatever the case may be, it's never stopped learning. So as you get older, it's, and, and taking care of, um, a child, it's not necessarily easier, uh, definitely just because you're older, because, you know, you can read all the books and all that stuff. And as we mentioned, you know, terrible twos and, you know, not really being the, the terrible twos, but I think it's just, Going with the flow, um, and you know, even if you're older and in your 40s, you know, I went back to school uh, and got my master's degrees. I have three master's degrees um, in creative writing, which is fortunate and unfortunate. And I, and I say unfortunate because of the loans, but <laughs> um, I went back to school when uh, Courtney was pregnant with Maddie. Uh, so I, her, my first residency in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, uh, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, excuse me, um, uh, was June of 2011. Maddie was born in July of 2011. So, and then I, you know, and I got those degrees when she was growing up. So, you know, you don't have to put off certain things either. Um, so keep learning and, and keep, keep trying and know that, you know, uh, certain stages, are definitely exhausting, but it's worth it 
and they will come to an end, but you know, there's another stage coming. <laughs> and but one hundred percent, you know, but it's but you know, in the end, it's it's worth it to see, you know, my daughter smile, to see her dance, you know, to see her win a trophy. Uh, I never won a trophy as a kid for anything, not even in tennis. So, um, you know, I won little certificates for being a good student or perfect attendance in uh, like tenth grade. I think I had or. I don't even know how I did that, but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, just to see her, you know, thrive is, um, is worth it. 100%, 100%. And I, I couldn't agree with you more, you know, for, I feel like that second piece of advice you gave to never stop learning and don't give up on your dreams, even for dads who are in their early twenties, late twenties, like myself, um, approaching 30 in the next couple of years, you know, don't give up on learning, you know, as your kids get older, yes, like you said, those new phases come, those new stages come. You you learn how to deal with them um, a little bit quicker, especially if you have two kids because you kind of did it once. And now you kind of know what you're doing the second time. But um, for me personally, like I'm finishing my bachelor's degree here at the end of February, my first bachelor's. And it's taken since I graduated high school to get here. But, hey, we got there, you know. There you go. Yeah. And... I have this podcast and a blog, something I never thought I would, I always wanted to have just an outlet for myself and whatnot. And I have, I don't get to spend a ton of time on it. Like I would want to, or as I will be able to once I'm done with school, but you know, it's still there. It's an outlet for me. It's something that I can do that I'm proud of for myself, you know, and if it turns into something more, if it grows, if it blossoms um, someday, who knows, it could be something that's just amazing. So Definitely agree with you there. Don't stop learning and don't give up on your dreams. They might have to take a small back burner, but you know, find find the things for you that make you happy as a dad and that you can do for yourself to keep yourself sane, to keep yourself grounded, and to keep yourself going. Uh, yeah, and you know, congratulations right, just, on the bachelor's degree too. And no, oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, all of it really. I mean, you know. Thank you. All right, two more questions here. Um, then we'll wrap up. Okay. Uh, what was the what has been the hardest thing about transitioning to fatherhood for you? And what was the easiest? Gosh, uh, I guess the hardest, um, yeah, just, uh, knowing that, you know, I'm, I'm responsible for, you know, this, this life, you know, um, you know, so the, the fear, I guess that comes with that is, is, is hard um it's also a joy but it's um you know i i think as a dad and i don't want to stereotype it but for me personally as a dad um you know out, out of sight out of mind so you know we've you see all these school shootings right um but it's not and we've had a couple lockdowns here and there over the years but um you know it's not something that I think about every day. You can't. I mean, you feel crazy, right? So, um, so that's probably the hardest thing: having to send her off into the world. But, but then, you know, from my own personal space, I'm able to let go a lot easier. And so, um, you know, it's still hard, but it is easier for me to know. Like, she's a dance right now. You know, like, okay, she's fine. She's good. Um, mm -hmm. And what, let's see, what was, what would be the, the easiest? What was the easiest um, thing for you? 
I would say, you know, just just loving her, you know? Did I lose you? the easiest thing. Um, just giving her what she needs, you know, knowing that what I have I think to do. we may do have lost a connection there, folks. Point, in her life, We'll be my right life, back. We'll finish our last two questions, and um, we'll be... Oh, there you are. Go ahead, and, go ahead and start that part over for me again. We lost you just real quick there. Okay. Yeah, I think the the, the positive, um, the easiest thing is, is just just you know loving her, um, uh, you know, and just being there for her as a dad. Um, you know, as I mentioned uh, maybe uh, earlier, she lives with her mom now, um, but you know, still being there physically, obviously financially, she's you know. Knowing what I have to do and what she needs at this age with her dancing and what I have to do just to keep her dancing because it's expensive. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, hobbies and extracurriculars are Yeah, around spending. here, you know, yeah, hockey, ice hockey is, is huge and that's expensive, I know. And, you know, I, I'll just say I won't give a number, but I'll say this. It's, her, her annual dancing is, is basically – a college tuition. Um, it is uh, it is four times what I paid in tuition at Florida State back in the late '80s and early '90s. So <laughs> that's wild. Um, so if you guys want to do some math at home, <laughs> go ahead and look up Florida State tuition '88 to '92. Yeah, and well, you... uh, multiply that by four, and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> if you want to be depressed about tuition, I think back then it was about. To answer, you know, to actually put a number behind that, I want to say it was forty dollars a credit. I want to say it was one hundred and twenty bucks a class back then for undergraduate at FSU. So, okay, so you can do the math on that and, and be depressed about yeah. your bachelor's degree. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm very depressed about it already. Don't worry. <laughs> I was looking up how much I owe in loans the other day, and I was uh, not not happy. No, I, I mean, I'll, I'll. I'm just kind of, you know. Re- Resign to the fact that, you know, I'll be paying them the rest of my life or. Yep. Yeah, basically. Yep, 100%. All right. Last question here, and then we'll wrap up. What advice do you have for girl dads? Oh, girl dads, yeah. Um, it's tough because I always wanted a girl. Um, and I, I think I relate to women a little bit better. I. I've always had more female friends and, and guy friends, I guess. Um, I grew up, because my dad died so young, I grew up primarily women. Um, my little sister, you know, I think I mentioned earlier, I have half in California. I have three half-brothers, you know, one here in Pittsburgh and, and two in Newcastle. But, um, yeah, I mean, I had my nana and my mom, and so I was around women quite a bit. Um, but my advice would be, um, you know, just, just be a good role model, you know, just be, uh, be good to their mom and obviously other women, uh, taking, you know, taking interest, um, in what they're doing, you know, like dance. I, I didn't really, I didn't like, I didn't go to the ballet <laughs> before I had Maddie. I didn't go to the Nutcracker every year like we do now, you know, which is a tradition, mm-hmm. now, a beautiful tradition for us. Um, and 
So I, you know, I think it's just, um, you know, every dad, every girl dad will have their own um, way of of working through it. If especially if they're dreaming of a boy and sports and all those things that come with it. I mean, girls play sports. You know, <laughs> girls dance. Yes, so, they do. You know, girls dance. I mean, you know, so um, a lot of a lot of girls and women play sports better. <laughs> quite honestly, um, so. You know, I think that it's just really about being a good role model. Um, they're going to learn from you. Give them the attention. Give them the affection that they need because if you don't, someone else will um, or someone mm-hmm. else will try. And so, you know, who you are is probably who they're going to date, at least at first. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss, but, uh, you know, just don't be an asshole. One hundred percent. I mean, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's. I mean, obviously, I don't have a boy, so I can't say whether it's different or, or the same. But um, it's easy for me because I wanted a girl, and and I, I just kind of instinctively knew how to take care of a girl. I don't know. I mean, obviously, there are things her mom's gonna work with her on. Uh, mm-hmm. uh but, um, yeah, just don't be an asshole. Be, be a good guy. Be a good dad. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, that is all the time we have for today, folks. Thank you for tuning in today. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a true pleasure. Hey, thank you, Jerry. And more than more than happy to have you. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. We look forward to our next episode next week with you guys back on our regular schedule. And yeah, we love you and we can't wait to be with you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Are you toward the end of this podcast and you're just wondering, man, I really want to support these guys. These guys are great. I just want to support them. How can I support them? The show is 100% free. We hope to always keep it 100% free. We try to give you guys great products and brands that we work with. One of the best ways that you can support this podcast, subscribe to us on YouTube at Young Dad Pod. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter at Young Dad Pod, Facebook, Ball Boy Media. Subscribe to the website, ballboymedia.com. Those are some of the best ways to support us. If you need any of those links to get to any of those places, the link tree is always in the show notes on every platform for you to quickly click over and to find us wherever you get your podcasts and wherever you get your social medias. Follow us there. Support us there. Share it with a friend. Those are the best ways that you can support us. And yeah, enjoy the rest of the show.